folks welcome to sex talk with erica miley erica miley here glad to be with you all this week this episode this one's going to be a tough one so I'm, I'm i'm saying this up front only because um i know many people in my life and also myself included who've experienced miscarriage and it comes with a lot of complicated feelings so if you i'm just putting it up there up front if you're not ready to think about this or or listen to this episode feel free to skip it i want you to be able to process the pain and the and and the emotional issues that come with miscarriage in a healthy way and not feel like I'm shoving it in your ears, all right? So that being said, we're talking about sex and miscarriage today. I'm going to try to make this as uh, the least downer <laughs> I can possibly make it. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode is because many times this topic is avoided Many, many, many people in this world experience the loss of a pregnancy, and it is not talked about, the emotional part or the physical part. So I really actually would like to jump into the physical part. More than anything, not I'm not going to describe to you like what happens during miscarriage. I mean, y'all can Google if you really need to know exactly how what happens with a miscarriage. Um, feel free to message me or shoot me an email. I'm happy to answer questions about that. But really what I wanted to talk about was how soon can folks have sex again after miscarriage? This is an important thing that oftentimes when you get so bogged down by the emotions of it or not, that is also a thing that people don't talk about that if you weren't expecting to be pregnant or trying to get pregnant, sometimes a miscarriage can happen and you didn't realize you were pregnant at all. And so there may not be super complicated emotions about it, other than that it might be like, oh, that was a surprise. Or they're on the other side of it, you may have been planning for a pregnancy or you may have been trying to get pregnant and worked really hard with your partner to get pregnant, either with your male partner or say you're using IVF. Um, I've worked with many, many couples who have gone through the IVF process and it is it takes a toll on their mind and it takes a toll on their body in a big way. And oftentimes, sadly, there are many medical processes that doctors don't necessarily give a referral for emotional support during that process. So many of my clients, they have had, they successfully were able to get pregnant or unsuccessfully able to get pregnant through like the IVF process or other fertility treatment processes. And they have a lot of complicated views of their body or complicated emotions about the process. And it puts a lot of strain on a relationship in that trying to get pregnant can feel like work. And then you feel you end up feeling more disconnected than you feel connected. So I just put that out there because I think it's important to understand that miscarriage happens and it can happen for any number of reasons. And it can happen while you're on birth control. I think that's a really important thing to state here is that birth control is not 100% certain. There are better birth controls out there, but every person's biology is a little different. So if a birth control works for you, fantastic. 
once, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, it might not work and you might experience a pregnancy and or a miscarriage. So I wanted to talk about some of the guidance that met, that's medically advised to how, like how long to wait to have sex after a miscarriage. So I think this is an important thing to understand is that every single person, every female bodied person's body is their own biology and is different. So sex after a miscarriage depends on the individual. Honestly, your physician can give you the best guidance on your physical situation. And I think that that's really important. And and I also want to say, not only just your physical issue, I would hope that your your doctor, your OBGYN, whoever it is that's helping you through this process, gives you a good therapist referral. And if they don't, come see me. <laughs> I will happily shoot you an email and happily maybe give you a list of folks in your area. Or if I'm in your area, I'm happy to try to be that person for you too, because this is a really important thing to be able to talk through. So generally, generally, not for everyone, <laughs> couples can resume sex when they feel ready. This time frame will definitely vary. And the physical and emotional factors are really important to consider. So on the physical side, doctors often suggest waiting until the bleeding from the miscarriage has stopped. Now, like I said, I'm not going to go into describing exactly how a miscarriage works, but there tends to be a significant amount of bleeding from a miscarriage. And doctors will often say, please wait until the, the bleeding has stopped. You'll have your next period, and sometimes they will advise you to wait until after you've had a full normal cycle. Now, that's tough because, again, your doctor's advice for your body is really important here because your cycle might be not what would be considered, in quotation marks, typical 28 days, especially if you have fertility issues the cycle may not be a good marker for you. So it is a really good option to be talking with your doctor so that there can be exams done to be sure that all of the tissue has healed and that you haven't experienced any physical trauma from having a miscarriage because that can happen. Other doctors will often say to their folks to wait six weeks or more especially if that pregnancy was longer or if there were complications during the miscarriage. So kind of like what I mentioned before. I do want to say where I'm getting this information because I think it's important. I'm getting the information from the International Society for Sexual Medicine. And I'll make sure that their website is in the show notes because I think that it's important to be able to understand that they've done some research about this. They have been studying how the body is impacted by a miscarriage. So so oftentimes after a miscarriage, the uterus and the cervix can be partially dilated. So basically it's kind of like when you go through a pregnancy and you give birth, what I mean by giving birth, I mean, you could even have a cesarean section and to me, they're the same thing. Giving birth and having a C-section are the same, but <laughs> the body reacts pretty similarly that you will become dilated. The, the cervix will begin to open which makes these organs more prone to infection. So say you did get pregnant and you carried a child to term and you did you did have that baby. You will still potentially experience infection 
just because of the cervix being partially dilated. I don't want to get too far into the weeds of this. <laughs> so because I am a therapist, I am not a, a medical physician. So I don't want to go too far into my, not my lane. <laughs> but oftentimes doctors will advise to be able to reduce this risk to not insert anything into the vagina, such as tampons for at least two weeks because of that risk of infection. It also means that couples should wait at least this long for intercourse. So again, this is all advice that is based on some of the research they've done, but also check in with your medical doctor. If you've had complications, your physical body is going to be a little different than someone else's. Your situation is yours, and it's okay to honor yourself with space, time, and I would say compassion and tenderness, because even if you don't have an emotional connection to what has happened, if you don't, if you're not experiencing any grief or loss, your physical body just went through something pretty tough. If you think about it, your body went from being pregnant, so your hormones rose to support the creation of those cells, and then those hormones are going to reduce suddenly. So you're going to experience probably some fatigue, more than likely some pain and cramping and just generally feeling like crap. I mean, I haven't talked about this much on the podcast, but we lost a pregnancy before we had my son. And the afterwards was really exhausting. Aside from the, the emotional stuff, there was a lot of emotional stuff. And luckily, I had wonderful people around me who supported me and, and got me out of the house and <laughs> made sure that we all got through it. But the physical side was really, really tough. The trying to manage the mood swings and manage the just absolute complete fatigue, it kind of felt... The way I could describe it, it was it kind of felt like a really like I had the stomach flu, but but the fatigue was a little worse. So allow yourself to take care of yourself how you need to. Allow yourself to ask for help when you need it. So if there are people around you that you can reach out to, please do it. And again, if you do need to talk to someone, if you do need to talk to a therapist, I'm happy to be that person. I have worked with many people who have dealt with infertility issues, and it is an important, important part of the process of dealing with loss is being able to talk about it and process it and be able to find a place of perspective in your life that you can, so that you can move forward and be able to either if you want to attempt to have another child or not. So all of that being said, I just wanted to be able to chat with you and let you know there are options for help when you go through this. I encourage you to, if you don't have a great one already, find a good OBGYN. Please, please, please. <laughs> and if you need suggestions, I'll definitely, I'll see what I can do as far as putting maybe a link to finding some sex-positive OBGYNs uh, maybe in the show notes. Just some basic housekeeping to switch gears quickly. <laughs> 
I have some fun changes coming for the podcast that I would love for you to be on the lookout for. I'm going to be adding a YouTube element, and I can't wait. I will let you all know about that as that launch comes forward. But two big things that I would love for you to take a look at is my Patreon. We got people adding to my Patreon, people. It's awesome. EricaMiley.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I really love doing this show for all of you. And I pay for an editor who's awesome. Shout out to Tom. He's amazing. If y'all need a good editor, you just let me know and I will connect you with Tom. He's great. Also, if you haven't listened to his podcast, uh, The Reminiscent Podcast, just saying. Pretty great. If you love music from the 2000s, Tom's podcast, Reminiscent, is just fantastic. (laughs) So we've gotten some folks to donate for the Patreon, and I would love to have you. So again, that's ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. The other thing that is coming is I'm going to have some options on my resource page for you to easily access an Amazon. Basically, you're going on Amazon shopping like you normally would, and you're picking up some excellent resources, but just from my page, and I get a little kickback from that. So it doesn't cost you anything. So check that out too. So that's a, that's on my resources page on my website. That's ericamiley.com. So check all of the things out. I'm thinking if there's anything else. There's going to be all sorts of fun things coming for you in 2019, y'all. I'm really excited to expand the podcast and expand the listener reach. So I appreciate you sticking with me this week. I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. That helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the Gram, and Twitter. See you all next time.